Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. So here we are. Uh, this is a, a, a version of uh, the um, the Level Up podcast, and of course, Greg Harrelson here. I'm excited about getting into the new year and uh, delivering additional podcasts and content that can help you get your business moving. Um, and today, I want to welcome a guest um, that is really started out as being a um, a friend. He does. He's out of you're out of New Jersey, right, Rob? Yeah. So, you know, started out, got to know you a couple of years ago because of a mutual friend and um, and uh, and have been happy to see that you've been growing your business because uh, we may talk a little bit about our first meeting. Maybe we'll leave <laughs> some of the things out. Um, but, uh, you know, I probably challenged you a little bit and sure. um, and I did it with all with the the most uh, the best intentions I possibly could, because I love seeing young people get into the business, male and female, get into this business and just crush it. So, um, Rob, your last name is Skills. Rob Skills. Skills. Yep. Which we love the name, right? Because it's just like, <laughs> exactly. You know, you've got to have skills with a name like that. So I get um, that often. I'm sure you do, man. I'm sure you do. It's a definitely an icebreaker amongst other real estate agents and any coaches by far. But so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and um, and then we'll just dive into, uh, you know, dropping some nuggets for uh, for those out there that are watching us. Cool. Sounds good. So I'm uh, Rob Skeels. I'm here in Ocean City, New Jersey. I've been here for about three and a half years. Um, I moved here from North Jersey and I uh, got into real estate right away. And uh, I've been here ever since. I thought maybe it'd be a quick thing, not there too long. Haven't left and it's been good ever since. Yeah, and so you're you're 25 right now, right? 25, yep. 25. And when did you um when did you first get a real estate license? Did you have one from North Jersey and you came down or did you get it when you you got there? No, so I actually I originally met Jeff Quentin who I work for. I interned with him in college and I was in ISA for a couple months. I went back to school and then I ended up moving when I moved down here, I got my license and got started up right away. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, um, you know, that listen to the Level Up podcast will recognize Jeff, recognize Jeff Quentin's name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a, a great, great, uh, he's a great agent, great leader uh, and a great friend of mine. So um, that's how we connected. So we connected yep. how many years ago? Three years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. OK. And so you were you, you, you came in as an intern. And what was your what was your job as an intern? So as an intern, I was technically an ISA, but I was pretty much just, you know, touching base with leads, obviously not talking any real estate without a license, mm-hmm. touching base, seeing what the status is, and, uh, and obviously, you know, passing them on to whoever agent was working that lead or anything like that. And I did that for about two months. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to school. Okay. So you did you go back to school in North Jersey? Yep. Oh, wow. That was temporary. I didn't know this part yeah. of your story. Okay. And yeah. then you came back. And um, and so what transpired to push you back down to uh, to Ocean City and then go into real estate? So it's a good question. I actually I'm my grandmother is in Ocean City. She's been a realtor down here for about 35 years. And the funny thing is, is when I originally interned, I was working at the water park and I didn't want to make minimum wage. I already had a job before, you know, a little bit of phone sales at a young age. 
And uh, I was actually, you know, changing in the car, hopping in the car, going to Jeff's office and picking up the phones. And so when I got out of school, some family complications, things like that, I kind of figured I'll get out of school, move home for a little bit and, you know, kind of figure it out from there. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't have the luxury of doing that. So uh, I moved down here. I moved in with my grandma for about three months and uh, jumped right into real estate. And it's been, that's been it ever since, but it it definitely wasn't a planned thing. It kind of happened. And one of the best things that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like happened by chance and then it ended up sticking. Well, you know, and, and, and whether or not you, you would agree with this or not, you, you, you are very fortunate and this is not to take credit away from you by any means, but you are uh, very fortunate to um, have landed with a, with somebody that has a lot of street credibility in this business. And, um, and, and so it's so important as a new agent to come, uh, you know, to be surrounded by, you know, good leadership, whether you team up with them or you're just in the same environment. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. So, so let's, let's, so you started out really coming to a brand new area. You started out extremely young, 22, 23 years old. You're two years later and you're surely making over, over six figures. How many transactions did you uh, did you close in 2020? So for 2020, I closed 23 transactions mm-hmm. for about 12 million. For about 12 million. That's that's mm-hmm. not a bad. That's not bad considering how um you know how how short of a time you've been you know in the business. So how how do you get your business? You know, because there's a lot of people out that say, oh man, this guy's. The, the, a lot of people use age as an excuse. Right. Okay. And and in in your market, what's your average sales price? Average sales price is about five fifty. About five fifty, and mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of the clients that you're that you're dealing with, um, also they're it's a they're selling their second home. You're you're helping them buy and sell second home. So so the people that you're dealing with are you know people that have a little bit more money from a demographic standpoint. They have some money. Um, they're buying properties down in in, in Ocean City. Um, and so what I've always found it interesting is to see how a young guy like yourself can convince them to do business with you, considering they've got a little bit of money, they've got some experience, and they could judge you as being like too green for this. Um, did you ever experience anything like that? I did a little bit. I think, um, you know, from the beginning, I, I wanted to jump right in. I wanted to be able to sell properties of that, you know, in that price point, I kind of skipped over the you know, I want to sell to like whatever it was, lower end, off island, whatever it is. I kind of wanted to jump right in and go ahead and start selling properties of, of that price in that price point. But uh, I definitely got it in the beginning a little bit, especially with the new market. So I wasn't exactly sure, even if it was, yeah. you know, right around the corner, I, I just didn't know the streets as well. So I had to spend a lot of time learning the actual streets and the areas and, and things like that to be able to speak knowledgeably about it and build the trust with them. Yeah. That's good. So that was that your winning strategy is is um, sounds like what you did is says, okay, somebody may look at me and and say, oh, this guy's a little bit young, but you countered that by making sure that you had a depth of knowledge. Correct. Exactly. So how which builds confidence in me. It built my confidence to be able to speak logically. Got it. Yeah. So you didn't have to BS people. Right. Exactly. That's good. So tell us a little bit of how you build your business. How do you how do you go about what is your what does your day look like? Um, you know, what do you do? Do you work mainly buyers, sellers? Uh, tell us a little bit about that 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 part of it. Yeah, so I, I pretty much do work uh, mostly sellers. I do do some buyer deals as well. Um, and my schedule has been pretty much the same since I started. 
you know, up in the morning at the gym, come home, journaling, things like that. And uh, in the office by eight o'clock, morning call, role, pro- like role play and hop on the phones from nine to 12. And that pretty much hasn't changed in, in two, two, two and a half, three years. That's been exactly the same. So that's your Nothing's morning routine changed. or your ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And who's, is there a few people, um, you know, with you um, is David and who, who else is with mm-hmm. you in that uh, when you do that, anybody else following that routine with you? Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much all on the same type of routine, David Bachman, which I don't know if, you know, you obviously know who he is. Dave's listening mm-hmm. or Jeff's listening partner. Him and I have been really close. We hold each other accountable in a lot of things, even, you know, starting at five 30 in the morning to make sure we're at the gym together. So uh, we definitely hold each other accountable in a whole bunch of things. So he's been a major part with making sure I'm accountable and doing those things every day. Yeah. So h- how important do you feel um, that morning ritual is? I think that's almost, you know, almost everything. I mean, I can say over the last couple of weeks, I've strayed away a little bit with the holidays and I can see it in my production. I can see it in my skills. You know, you take yeah. off a week, you take off a couple of days and I feel like I'm starting over again. Gosh, so, yeah. so it's super important to me and it's definitely something I'm hunkering down on and making sure I'm doing every single yeah. day, a little yeah. extra accountability. It, it, it's amazing um, uh, how much, um, how easy it is to lose momentum and how hard it is to build it back. You know, oh, believe me, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, because, you know, I've kind of, I know. Unfortunately. Your yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Good. Yeah. So from an accountability standpoint, you know, like, do you have any severe accountability set up with anybody in your office? Like if you don't show up, on time, there's any, any kind of consequences? Yeah. So starting first thing at the gym, it's 500 bucks. If you're not in the office, I mean, if you're not in the gym, that's the first thing, start off the day. And then, uh, Dave and I actually have a pretty good accountability for the first quarter of, uh, no drinking and, uh, no going out or anything for the first quarter. And we have $20,000 on that one. So that's, Holy that's a big God. one. That is a big one because I think the first time we met, it was over some drinks. So uh, (laughs) that's a big one. Well, you know what? You and him kind of like figured it out. It's still a lot of COVID going on. So, you know, you, 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 it's not like you're going out that much anyway. So, you know, it's a (laughs) good time to have that accountability. Yeah. So let's get a little bit more into like um, the, you're, you're making calls. Who who are, who are you Mm -hmm. calling? And um, you know, what is your approach on that? Primarily expired listings just solds for sale by owners. And then obviously going through my database and things like that. But in the, in the beginning, it was mostly expireds. Okay. And and that was pretty much all I did. And and that's what I really focused up on. And now I'm trying to, you know, do some other things and make sure I'm making more just sold calls because there's less inventory. Yeah. So how, you know, it's, it's interesting that you started off with expires because expireds tends to be a higher quality lead source, but it's also um, a little bit more challenging because they can be confrontational. So a lot of real estate agents uh, fear expires just because they, uh, the, the sellers can be um, a little bit angry when, uh, when they get a call from an agent that's trying to list their property for the second, third or fourth time. Um, right. how, did you, how did you handle that? And, 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 and how did you, um, you know, what was the process of learning how to approach these expires? Yeah. So I, I had to, you know, I'm super grateful. I got to spend, you know, nine months with Jeff's listing partner mm-hmm. and I got to, he- and we prospected right next to each other every day. So I would hear how he handled expired calls. I'd hop on the calls with him. And that was really hands-on coaching for me. And that's, that was his game was expired. So it kind of just, you know, went over to me where that, that's all, that's what I focused on. That's what I learned. And that's how I did it. And I was just really making sure I learned the scripts and uh, learned how to handle the objections and make sure I was speaking with authority and being confident, 
even when, you know, I might not have been feeling the most confident about calling an expired listing. So that's pretty much how that transitioned into being my main pillar. Yeah. How many hours? I mean, do you still role play now? Yes. Okay. So yeah. you're still practicing your, 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 your scripts. Um, how many hours do you role play? I role play 30 minutes a day, five days okay. a week. Got so it. before I hop on the phones. Right. And so um, with expireds and inventory, inventory being low, expireds, I would imagine in most markets, there's not a lot of expireds right this moment. Um, and so how how has that shifted? Um, you know, because a couple of years ago, there would have been a lot more um, than there is today. So what, what changes do you see that you're having to make? And especially what changes do you think you're going to be making in 2021 to make sure you continue to grow in such a competitive market? Yeah, so that that's something I've been going over for the last you know week or so or two weeks of business planning and things like that. And I think it's really important. I think I wasn't making the amount of contacts needed in the beginning of the just listed, just sold calls. Uh, and that's one of me that's going to be one of my main things this year where I'm going to be focusing more so on those just listed, just sold calls and making more contacts than I was previously. Mm-hmm. So whether before I was calling, you know, 25, 30 contacts a day, I have to up that obviously because there's no inventory and I'm not getting those the conversations and the conversion that would happen as quick as quickly as it would as an expired. Yeah. So my main thing this year is I'm making more contacts of just listed, just sold and making sure I'm reaching more people. Yeah. So one of the things that the audience may, 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 or should get from that is as the market gets more and more competitive, it may take more contacts to do the same amount of deals. And it may take a lot more contacts to actually grow in such a competitive market. Is that what you're feeling or experiencing? Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Got it. And what, um, what do you, what would you say? Cause a lot of agents that are, are younger and when they first get into the business, they gravitate towards just working buyers. Um, mm-hmm. it, the, uh, not, a, not a lot of newer agents go and tackle the listings. If you were talking to somebody that's getting into the business or newer in the business, or at least newer to getting listings, you know, what would some of the, what, what's some tips or advice that you would give somebody in order to build a listing based business for yourself? I think number one is the scripts. I know obviously you're big on scripts as well. That builds the confidence within you to be able to speak logically to homeowners. And uh, once you're able to get the scripts down, internalize them and really understand them, making the number of contacts needed to be able to take a listing might be more in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But um, I think, I I don't know if you've said it, I've heard it somewhere along the lines of it. It's really just a mindset, whether, you know, is sell is working with sellers harder or is it just take more skill? You know, it's not, it's not a, it's simple. It's not an easy thing, but it's simple if you learn the skills. And I think you've said that somewhere along the lines of it's just more skill-based and learning the skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, Rob, it, it's really not that difficult. It's the, the, but the, the learning curve is a little bit longer, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to really want to focus on listings um, and those agents that do that, then they have to they have to kind of double down on the amount of time that they spend learning scripts, learning the dialogue. So there's some there's some front end investment in the form of time that you have to put in in order to build a really good listing business. But but it's only that it just means that you have to invest a little bit of more time in building those skills. Once you do that, the rest of the stuff is easy. As a matter of fact, yeah. I, I I actually think that it's easier to work with sellers than it is to work with buyers, but it's, but it's easier to start working with buyers than it is to start working with sellers. Right. So the start working, it's easier to start with buyers 
than sellers. But once we get past the starting phase, it's actually, in, me, in my mind, it's easier long-term to work with sellers than it is to work with buyers. Now, that has a lot to do with my personality. So I don't want to influence anyone in the audience that's doing great with buyers right. um, because I think that has to do with... Um, I just don't think I would be the best buyer's agent, um, you know, just because of the way that I process and the way that I communicate. Um, any right. thoughts on that for yourself? Anything you've discovered? So, so I, I personally, I still work with buyers. Um, okay. I think, you know, 30% of my production was buyers. Um, 30% and I, I wouldn't say that I'm more, you know, choosy about buyers, but I am a little bit more, I, I qualify a little bit more and I want to make sure that they're aligned with what I'm looking to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you know, I might spend a little bit more time pre-qualifying a buyer that's coming down to look at a whole bunch of properties and they're not really sure. I might not, you know, that might not be someone I'm, you know, jumping in my car to go show 15 properties to. Yeah. So I think I'm a little different. It's a little bit more of a, you know, strategic working with buyers, but I think you're able to gain that skill by learning how to work with sellers. Yeah. Yeah. What, what adjustments, just a kind of a change in the gears, what, what adjustments did you have to make this year with, uh, with all of the health concerns and COVID and, and, and those things that we've all had to deal with, what adjustments did you have to make? So the, the biggest adjustment was our office being closed. So yeah. for me, that was really tough for me to get up, prospect, change my morning routine. That was tough for me. I, I could say, honestly, I struggled with that. Um, as for business-wise, we do a lot, a lot of our selling is over the phone, you know, listing agreements being sent out by DocuSign, previewing properties when they're not there. It's all second homes. They're two hours away. Yeah. So in that in that aspect, it didn't change much, but for me personally, the office being closed affected me a, a pretty pretty uh, substantial amount for the first yeah. couple of weeks until I got to figure it out and you know up some accountability and things like that. So what did you learn about that? Because so I, I mean I have my own perspective that it's like you know I I think what I'd want everyone to hear is like in what you just said how important your environment is. So what Absolutely. I'm thinking is like, that was your environment, right? You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're comfortable in that environment. So what, what did you take from that? What did you learn from just the struggle? Because going from this is normal to like, holy crap, I can't have that anymore. And then your mind and your, you know, and, and whatnot probably starts worrying how, you know, so what did you learn and how did you overcome it? So I, I knew for me, going to the office was like, that's my place I go to work. You know, I come home. You know, I might do a little bit of admin stuff, but once I lock it down for the day, I'm pretty much done for the day. But when I'm in the office, it's it's time to go to work. Mm -hmm. So for me to I know I set up, I'm actually at my little makeshift standing desk right now. Yeah. So I made a little standing desk and we were able to hop on Zoom calls and things like that. But it's not the same as being in a room and having the energy of people around you making contacts. You know, you're hearing other people close and, and it gets, you know, it gets the juices flowing, gets you excited to do the same. Yeah. Um, so we had to kind of build that virtually. So we would do Google, like Google Hangouts or a Zoom call. And, uh, you know, if someone was on a good call, they're unmuting themselves and we're talking about it. So that's how myself and a couple other agents kind of worked our way around that. And then once the office opened back up, I was back in there right away. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's interesting how 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 important that is. And, you know, with even if each one of you are doing something independent of each other, the fact that you're kind of all showing up at the same time, doing very similar activities, it, it just, it makes it really hard for you to flake. Like if mm -hmm. you just, I'm imagining in your office, if you just show up, you're probably going to work. Right. Because if, I can't imagine like if you, if you showed up and didn't and just sat or stood at your station and weren't doing anything, I can't imagine what the other people in the office would be saying to you. Well, I, I would feel awkward. 
Yeah. You it's like, oh, there, there's, the, there's the dude not doing any work. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that accountability is huge for me, at least. And I know I can get a little flaky with things. And uh, I mean, that was the biggest thing I took from having to work from home where I'm like, I, I need the accountability. Yeah. I, I've said to a lot of people uh, this statement, and that is when the pain of not doing what you're supposed to do is a bigger pain than just doing what you're supposed to do then that's when you'll actually do what you're supposed to do. And so right. what what I think that you've done that's been so brilliant, because I know you're going even well beyond where you are right now in business. I, mm-hmm. I know it. There's no doubt in my mind. But I think what you've done in your early years that, that we're going to look back and say is so brilliant is that you put yourself in an environment that by not doing it would be more painful than just getting your job done. Exactly. And, and, and so now, you know, and and, and that's going to show up in consistency and that consistency is going to show up and you're going to you're going to learn much faster than than somebody else that's inconsistent. So there's so much there's so many benefits to this. So I, I hope that the audience will take something from that because that's important. Mm-hmm. For sure. So where do you go from here? Like what kind of goals do you have for 2021? So your office is open. Were y'all not a central yeah. service essential service? We we were, um, but we had a you know a couple of different complications with COVID and things like that. So the office okay. closed, yeah. not closed. Just, yeah, you know, yeah, just sure everyone's going through the same type of stuff. Yeah, everyone's going um, through the same stuff. Everything's unfortunately that's normal, uh, right. you know, nowadays. So where do you go from here? It's 2021. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, with the people that you hang out with, I know that you're thinking about growth. You're probably not thinking about plateauing or going backwards. So what is your goal for uh, 2021? So my goal for 2021, oddly enough, is from when you were at our business planning last year, you recommended. Yeah. Uh, so my goal for this year is 50 transactions. So okay. obviously doubling what I did this year and, and doubling the uh, my obviously my my sales amount as well. So it would be around 24 million at 50, uh, 50 transactions. Yeah. So who do you have to be? You know, like you're you're being the person right now in 2020. In 2020, mm-hmm. you're being the person to do the 12 million that you that you closed out on. Mm-hmm. So who who does Rob have to show up as in 2021 in order to um, to achieve that 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 new level? Because I believe you can do it, but I just wonder what you believe you have to shift in you. I, I think it's a mindset shift for me personally. You know, I think I was thinking too small. Mm-hmm. where you know I had certain things I wanted to accomplish and those things were I was able to accomplish them at that amount of income and I thought to and then once it happened and you know you reach those goals I'm like this is it you know th- this is what I thought was going to be you know I hit my goal great yeah um and I never really had that before so I'm like well what if you know last year I said I was going to do 50 transactions and this year it was double that um and I think for me personally, it's treating it more like a business and truly being a business person rather than just being an agent that can sell a you know a substantial you know pretty good amount of real estate and get and do some cool things. But I'm not a business person, and yeah. that's my pretty much my biggest thing for this year is really treating it like my own business and not just you know like I feel like a, you know an employee that's you know a salesperson, but my own business. Yeah. So then that, that answered the question right there. So, so who you're, so what we can look forward to is, is getting to know Rob, the business person in 2021, not necessarily Rob, the real estate agent, even though you're still a real estate agent and whatnot, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all mental, right? It's, it's, it's the way that you, when you wake up and you look in the mirror, who do you see? 
you know, and when you see Rob, the business person, that's probably going to make a difference. And in, in everything that you do throughout the day, how you carry yourself, how you talk, the belief Mm -hmm. that you have in yourself. And that's why I asked that question. Who do you have to be? Who do you have to show up as? It really doesn't mean anything to me or anyone else. It really means who do you see when you're looking in the mirror? Right. And as, as you start to see something bigger and, or better, or however, you know, um, you know, when you look in that mirror and you stare yourself in the eyes, I, I believe that's how you become it is you have to see it and you see it in yourself. You believe it in a way it's, it's more of like, uh, there was a, gosh, I I'm, I'm blanking on the author's name right now. Um, but he wrote a book called believe it and then you'll see it mm-hmm. where most people need to see it before they'll believe it. And, um, but his book said, believe it and then you'll see it. That's good. Well, good. So, you know, any anything else that you could share, you know, just thinking again, it's 2021. We're moving into a new year. We're in the new year. Um, but people are 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 exhausted and they're ready to put 2020 behind us. Um, any last thoughts that you can just share for anybody that's wanting to kind of break through like you've broken through? I, I mean, I think for me personally, you know, I always thought back to the mindset of you know, where I wanted to be, how I wanted it to look, and obviously going back to be, do, have. And uh, I think I kind of strayed away from that a little bit. Mm. So if I could say one thing, it's the consistent, like, you know, when you go through the quarantine and things got a little shaken up, a a lot of uncertainty, and I think I strayed away from truly picturing what I want it to look like and how I want to do it. And uh, for me right now, I'm just more accountability, more, you know, more action, everything else with that. I, I think I lacked a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And truthfully, I regret that, but there's nothing I can do about it other than be better, you know, today, tomorrow, and the next day. Yeah. And every day, every day this year. So yeah, I that's think, awesome. you know, the first quarter is super important and making sure I'm just, you know, head down, grinding as much as I can and getting everything, getting things done. Did you guys recently as a, as a group, did you guys recently do some new dream boards? We did. Yeah. So what's the, what, what's one dream? Uh, what, what is one thing that's on your dream board that you, that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? I, I mean, uh, oddly enough, uh, being on a podcast this year was one of the things I wanted to accomplish. Wow. So, you know, we're on day four of the year and um, we're doing this, but that was one of those things, you know, you're putting it out there. I put it out there. I said, you know, this year I'd like to go on a podcast Yeah. and, uh, you know, being able to reach out to the right people and, and talk to the right people about it. So I was super excited to be on here and obviously get to chat with you and, so that was actually one of the things we can we can check off in the dream yeah. board for this year. Well, that's, so that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and just know that, um, you know, you've earned your way to be able to, you know, get, get out there and, and start sharing. And mm-hmm. um, but with sharing comes a responsibility. Right. And that responsibility is now eyeballs are on you and you have a you, you, you know, you can choose to um, take this to another level. Kevin Mills said something to me this morning. He texts me and he goes, if I don't win. If I don't win today, who loses? And I'm like, the first thing I thought of coming from Kevin Mills, like if he doesn't win, then who loses? I was, I was thinking so competitive, like, <laughs> like tackle football, like if I don't win, you know. And then I, then I didn't respond to him. It took me a couple minutes, and I said, wait, if I don't win, who loses? And then I said to myself, my kids lose, my family loses, my staff loses, other agents lose. And, and I, it dawned on me, that's what he was saying. That was his thought of the day. And I say to you now, now you're, as you grow, you, you, 
I, I would hope that you'll take, take on the responsibility of being a person that inspires people because of what you do. Inspire people because of your growth and let people see more belief in themselves because they say, well, he did it. How did he do it? Well, I can do that. So that's your new responsibility is to make sure that you that you lead by example and you give people an example of what a young person, business person can do when they come into this business. So for sure. On. And talking about attraction, you'll attract a lot of things to you. Uh, when for sure. There, uh, Thatch Nguyen said, uh, it was either Thatch, I think it was Thatch, but it was when I was hanging out with Thatch and Matthew Ferry a lot. They said there's a direct, the wealth you accumulate is in direct correlation with the amount of contribution you make in the world. Yep. The wealth we accumulate is in direct proportion with the amount of contribution we make to the world. So that's you. That's the advice that I was given at a younger age and uh, in the business. And that's what I want to pass on to you, Rob. For sure. I appreciate that. And that's uh, obviously we just stated my goals out there this year. So everybody out there can hold me accountable to it as well. Yes. 50 transactions. Including you as much as I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can go overboard on it. So it's out there now. So I'll get my team and everybody to make sure we're we're blistering you if you're, if you're falling short. So, well, thank you so much for, yeah. Thanks Rob for, for joining me today on the level up podcast. And if anybody else, if anyone wanted to reach you, send you a referral or just, uh, you know, check in with you at uh, some time, um, what's the best way to reach out to you? So either email, my email is simple. It's just rob at thequintingroup.com. So that's V-Q-U-I-N-T-I-N group.com. And anyone can always reach, you on my, reach me on my cell phone, 973-830-7377. Shoot me a text, give me a call. I'd love to be able to uh, connect with some more people. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation and we will chat soon, bud. I'm sure we will. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye.